Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. All right, all right, all right. We're so glad you're here. Welcome, welcome again. If, you, if this is your first time here, thank you so much for being here. We have a special gift for you. We're so glad you're here for real, and thanks for being here. Hey, uh, one quick shout-out to our student ministry team. Uh, our, our team is just doing an amazing job. Last week at our, at our, mo- at our motion event, which is the thing that we do um, on Sunday nights for our students, they had almost 70 teenagers here, y'all. It was unbelievable. Uh, so give it up for them. Yeah. And all of our student leaders doing a killer job just leading that with, along with our team of, of adults, and we're glad that they're in the room today with us as well. Um, it, one thing before we dive off into the final installment of our series, All That Matters, um, we'd like to let you know about stuff like this in advance. Um, every year since the beginning of our church, we have dedicated one offering. Um, you know, we, of course, every Sunday at the end of the service, every church in America receives some kind of offering. They have a box or whatever they do. And we do that every, every week, just like everybody else does. But once a year, we, we sort of target a, a, a space, a time, um, to receive an offering. And it's not today, so everybody can relax. It's not today. You're like, oh, God, this is kind of that church. No, it's not that kind of church. I'm telling you this weeks in advance, six weeks in advance, actually, so that um, you'll know about it, so that if this is your home and you want to participate in this, um, there's never pressure. I promise you, never pressure. But if, if you want to participate in this, you'll know why, you'll know what. And traditionally, we have taken this offering and given it all away, for the most part, almost all of it away, to our missions partners, both here in San Antonio and around the world. Last year, um, because of your generosity, uh, we took $35,000 from that offering and gave it to uh, Agora, S.A. Hills, and uh, Urban Faith here in San Antonio, and then our our orphanage that we help support in, in the Philippines, Ima's Home. Uh, and it was such an amazing thing to be able to do that. And I want to say thank you to those of you who did that. Uh, we have a brand new thing happening this year that we've never had before, and that is that we're about to get into a new building, everybody. We're getting about to get a new building. Yeah. For the, if you're new here, this is a, a space that we rent, and we're grateful for it. But we just down this road, FM 1560, um, towards Calabra, we are building a new home there. And they're telling us sometime in November it should be done and ready for us to go in and move in. Um, uh, and then part, part of that was we found out some things that weren't in the budget that we didn't know about until just a few weeks ago. And we brought that to you a couple of weeks ago. We told you that, oh, for once, they, they didn't put chairs in the budget. Oh, how could you forget chairs in the budget? But they, they did. And, and, and thanks, uh, thanks to you guys, I just mentioned it for like 90 seconds. Hey, what if, what if everybody said, hey, I want my neighbor to have a place to sit, well, my friends, when I bring them, to have, have a place to sit? Of course, we were going to buy them anyways. But you guys stepped up, and just like that, $22,000, you guys paid that, those chairs off. So thank you for that. Bye. Unbelievable, just like that. Uh, amazing. And, uh, but there, there's, there's, there's about $200,000 worth of stuff coming up. Now, I'm not saying, hey, everybody give $200,000. I'm not saying wh- whatever. I'm not making any pressure at all. I just want you to know, we talked to the trustees. There's a group of, of men uh, who oversee our church's finances, and, uh, and they're like, let's just take it to the church and tell them what's up, um, and, and, and let's just say, here, if you want to help, you can. If not, we're going to make it happen no matter what. We will make it happen for sure. Um, but this is some of the stuff. Can we? There's a, there's some stuff coming up. About half of it has to do with our kids, by the way, our student, our kids ministry, um, and they're so so important to us. Um, and somehow didn't get worked into the budget. And, and there's nothing we could do about that. We didn't make that budget. The builders, the contractors did. And and uh, so we're just going to give you a six week window that if you want to pray about any of this, if you want to get involved in any of this, on October the sixth we'll receive that that offering, um, and we'll use it for the very first time, the only time 
probably will ever do this is we're going to keep it right here in the house. I talked to a lot of people, advisors of mine in this church, and said, hey, what should we do? They said, we should take that offering and keep it in the house because by doing that, by getting into that space, we're going to grow and we're going to actually have more resources to go out and do what we already do. And by the way, we're not going to be cheating any of our, our missions partners. I had the folks, the team, uh, just generate a report for me. And so far this year, uh, just so far, and it's still August, it's $66,000 now that you guys have given to our missions partners. And I just want to say thank you for that as well because we're making a difference all around the world. Thank you. Thank you. So just a heads up, it's coming. Pray about it. God, what, you want me, what do you want me to do, if anything? And then we'll just we'll, we'll go from there. Thank you guys so much for that. Um, we're in a series called All That Matters. And what we've been doing the last three weeks is just talking about things that from the biblical text we know matter um, to the heart of God and should matter as a result to us. Today, I'm going to say some stuff that maybe you've never heard before. Even if you are a long-time believer, maybe you've heard it, but you didn't realize what it meant. Um, and I, I have to say this as well. As a pastor, I am bound to the Word of God. Like, I'm not bound to popular culture. I'm not bound to what Oprah says or what anybody else. I, love, I like Oprah. I think she's awesome. I'm not talking about, about Oprah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not bound to what what the movies say, what celebrities say, I am bound to the word of God. And sometimes that's not convenient, and sometimes that's, that's an inconvenient truth for some people, and some people don't like it. But listen, at the end of the day, I have to stand before God and give account, and he's going to judge what I, what I said from the actual books themselves, the books of the Bible. That's a fact. And oh, by the way, you, do have, you have to do the same thing, just FYI. Anyways, um, so... I, I, I'm going to say what, 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 it, what it is in there that matters. I'm going to try my best to teach um, us what the Word of God says. And so if you've gone here for any length of time, you've heard us say that at LifePoint, um, that we believe that the church does not exist just for church people, but rather the church exists uh, to make a difference in the hearts and the lives of, of people who don't go to church here, right? It's about mobilizing us um, as a church to mobilize us to go out and make a difference in the world. And that's what we've been saying throughout this series. But the trouble is, is that, and this, the data bears this out, that the longer that people are Christians, the, the stronger the gravitational pull is to make church about church people. Right? That's a fact. Some of you have been in churches like that, where it's like we sing songs that nobody understands. We do things that nobody, it makes sense to no one but to us because we grew up like this or whatever. Uh, and, and we just have to fight that. But here's the other part. Here's the other part. That's my job to protect our church from that. But the other part is, is just as human beings, there is a pull within us um, to concentrate, to focus on things that I would call lesser things, things that really don't matter in the long run. So today the message is live with the end in mind. Live with the end in mind. As a team... We have said this over and over and over again, and we will say it until well, we're not a team, that God has a plan for your life. And from cover to cover in the Bible, he said four things he wants for us. Number one is to know him. We call that know God. That's the first phrase that we use, know God. That not, not just to know him intellectually or conceptually, but to have a relationship with him. And secondly, to find freedom. And what we mean by that is that along the way, along life's way, we pick up baggage, and we get hurt, and we hurt people, and we make bad decisions, and we pick up habits and hang-ups and hurts, 
And God has a plan, a freedom plan that he wants to give everybody. And so our job is to help folks find freedom from their yesterdays. And then thirdly, he wants everybody to discover their purpose. Like, why are you on the planet? What, what's the, the purpose of your life? Is it just to go nine to five and make some money and grow old someday, wear wraparound sunglasses and wear socks too high with your sandals? Like, I don't know. But I think there's more to life than that. <laughs> some of you are like, oh, man. I'm not making fun of you, ish. Um, but, um, and, and then lastly, to make a difference with your life. And, and by the way, part of that process looks like baptism. For every person, every believer, baptism. And so today we're going to be doing baptisms, and, and you can do it after the, they're scheduled for the third service, but if you want to get baptized after this service, we're ready for you. We got shorts, we got shirts, we got towels, we got hair, stuff, not hair, like look at me. Like I, I've been praying for a miracle, but it's not happening. Anyways, um, God doesn't hear my hair prayers, apparently. Um, but, but we, we're ready for you. And I just want to give you a personal invitation that if, if you're, if, 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 if maybe you got baptized as a child, but you don't remember that, like as an adult, as a believer, or as a, as a, as a young person, whatever, man, get baptized. It's one of the things that God calls us to do. And it'll, it, it's just an amazing experience. And we're just going to say that's part of the process. This series, however, is a make a difference series, right? Of those four things, this is a make a difference series. And and we've used a verse as our guiding verse throughout from the book of 1 Timothy, the letter of 1 Timothy. It was written by a guy named Paul. Paul was not a Christian. He actually persecuted Christians. He actually was partaking in uh, seeing them murdered um, because of his zealotry for his faith, his, his religious faith, until he has this life-altering encounter with, with the risen Jesus and it changes his trajectory of his life. And he goes around on missionary trips and he establishes churches. One of those churches, he installs a young man named Timothy, who is a protege of his, who had traveled with him, and installs him as the pastor of the church. And he writes letters to Timothy. And in one, the first letter, he, he writes things like, hey, Timothy, let me tell you how to pastor. He's coaching him about pastoring, about leadership, about spiritual formation. And, and, and he's doing all these things. And he says, hey, listen, Timothy, in this verse, he says, Timothy, when... You talk to rich people. When you talk to blessed people, because I also say, oh, I'm not rich. But when you talk to people who have more than enough, right? When you talk to them, here's what I want you to say. And he picks it up in verse 17. He says, command those who are rich. Command those who are blessed in this present world. Not to be arrogant about that. Nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. And even this last couple of weeks, we watched the stock market just go poop. Like some of you are like, man, I hope it turns around because I just lost a lot of money, right? It's uncertain. It's a fact. Right, But to put their hope, instead of wealth, in God, who, and this gives us a glimpse into the heart of God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Like some of us grew up thinking God's mad, he's mean, he's lost in the past, he's old. No, no, no. He's the kind of God whose heart for his kids is, I want to bless them, and I want them to enjoy the blessings from me. Right? That's his heart. And the way we like to say it is we don't put our trust in riches. We put our trust in the one who richly provides. Amen, somebody? Now, verse 18, he says, Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. He says, if they do this, if they do this, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Meaning, a lot of people are taking hold of life that's really, as, as it turns out, it's not really what life's all about. It's like, this is how you, you lay hold of 
the life that's really life. Now, the verse is loaded with amazing thoughts. We've covered some of them about being rich in good deeds and being generous with our more than enough in terms of our time and our talent and our know-how and our skills and our service and, of course, our finances. And he says, he says when you go ahead and do this, when you, when you make your life about that, you're not only making a difference for other people, which is the series that we're talking, he goes, but there's actually something in it for you as well. How many of you know that in the culture that we live in, Everybody, including your sweet grandmother, has a little bit of, well, what's in it for me, right? Come on. Isn't that just true? What's in it for me? Like, you're like, no, not really. Yes, yes, your grandmother too. Everybody has that. This is how we are. are. And he says, listen, though, if you'll do good, you'll be rich in good deeds, and you'll be willing to share. You're going to lay up treasures for yourselves. Now, as a firm foundation for the coming age, and with this statement, he's introducing a topic that Jesus used a lot that the entire New Testament uses as, a, as the main motivation for why we should work hard to make a difference in the world and the lives of people. And that is this idea of the coming age, or, or sort of more, more relevant to us, is, is heaven, right? Heaven. In, in other words, Paul's saying, listen, this is not all there is. So don't build your life around stuff that's temporal. I want you to consider the fact that by doing good things, eternal things, that you're, you're not putting just money in a bank account here that people can apparently get in and steal. A, friend, a pastor friend of mine here in town, somebody got in there and sold $96,000 out of Frost Bank uh, out of their account. Thankfully, they got it back. Amen, somebody. Come on, somebody. Apparently, people can just steal it out of your own bank account. So, like, get Lifeguard or whatever that thing is. Get it. All right, anyways. He says, there's a coming age. Where you can put, you can put, in, you can invest in, and and, and he's saying, hey, listen, you're going to get 90 years, 100 years by faith. I'm praying for 100 years for all of you. Anyways, um, some of you are like, I don't want to live that long. Anyways, um, but the vast majority of your existence doesn't take place here. But what you do here has a massive impact on what happens on the other side. So we're concluding the series today to talk about the fact that what happens here matters over there. Now, this word, heaven, eternity, whatever you want to call it, has unleashed more generosity uh, to get out and make a difference in Christians than any other idea, particularly in our, in our Bible. And, and, and that is that what we do matters not just here, but for eternity. But unfortunately, heaven has kind of gotten a bad rap, mostly because you got to die to go there. You know what I'm saying? And so like, ah, well, I'm going to wait for that. But heaven will be amazing beyond description, the Bible says. Um, I don't know if the rest of the dudes in the house are like me, but uh, as I was on, it was last Saturday, I was scrolling through the television because I'm always concerned that something better could be on the next station, and so I can't stay still very long because I might miss something better. Come on, anybody besides me? All the women said, yeah, that's exactly how you roll. My wife's like, just leave it on something. Yeah, but what if there's something better on uh, that other station? And so I'm cruising through, and I run across this, this show here local, locally called YOLO Texas. Have you ever seen this or heard of this thing? Right? Anybody know what I mean by YOLO, right? Uh, those of you who are Drake fans, you know what that is. I'm not, I'm not going to recommend that song. But anyways, you only live once. Now, sounds like a, a great idea and it also sounds like a great excuse to do a lot of bad things. Can I get a witness, everybody? Like, hey, you only live once. Let's eat this whole buffet, right? And uh, then you don't live very long once, you know. 
I was flying home um, a couple of days ago from, from Utah. I did this little retreat thing, and my first flight from Salt Lake City w- was going to Las Vegas to come home, and there were a ton of people on board who were clearly not making a connection in Vegas. They were going to Vegas. As a matter of fact, in their minds, in their choices of beverages and attire, they were already there because there was a lot of woohoo and good luck and YOLO and, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, except it doesn't because some of them today are coming home sad and ashamed with new diseases and, and, and <laughs> broke, you know what I'm saying? But, but here's the truth. You don't only live once. You actually live twice. And, and you might not thank me for the message during the message today, but if you pay attention, you'll thank me one day for this message. Because one of my major jobs as a pastor is not just to prepare you for the here and now, and, and we work hard to do that, to teach things that matter to your day, day in and day out. But more importantly, to help you be ready for the life to come, because you're going to spend, the Bible tells us over and over and over again, you're going to spend way more of your existence there than you are here. And, and there's a verse that actually says, oh, oh, by the way, it's appointed for, for every person to die. You're like, and I'm like, welcome to Life Point. So glad you came today, right? <laughs> and then that says, and then the judgment. Like, it's appointed for everybody to die, and then there's a judgment coming, right? You're welcome, right? Now, nobody wants to think about this. Of course we don't, right? But it's true, and that's why we're saying, if that's the reality for all of us, and it is, of course it is. Why not live our lives with the end in mind? Now, I was reading a book on my way home the other day, and I've read this book before, but I was bored, and I, so I decided to read it again. And there's this great line in there. And, 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 and the guy says, people live, and then they die, and as long as they do both things properly, there's nothing much to regret. Jack Reacher. Uh, <laughs> Jack Reacher fans in the house today? Um, yeah, Jack Reacher's apparently smart. What a great line. People live, and then they die, and as long as they do both things um, properly, there's nothing much to regret. Now, now, the Bible teaches us that we're, everybody's appointed to die. And after that, there's a judgment. As a matter of fact, there's two judgments. I'm going to talk to you about them for just a second. And you're going to be like, oh, I can't believe I came today. We should have just gone fishing. Listen, it's important, all right? It's important. The, the first judgment the Bible calls the great white throne judgment. And this is the one I grew up hearing about because our church liked to talk about it a lot. And, and this is where everybody who's ever lived throughout the history of the world has to stand face-to-face with God and answer a, a question, or, or maybe more than, more than one question, but certainly one question. And it's going to be something like, I don't know what the words he's going to use, I don't know, but I know the content. It's going to be something like, what did you do with Jesus? He, he, he's not going to ask you how often you went to church or how much of the Bible that you memorized. He's just going to simply ask you, what did you do with Jesus, with his love, with his grace, what he did for you on the cross? Because he paid for all this stuff, all the stuff you will ever do wrong, all the stuff you're thinking about doing wrong. He he paid for it all, and he gives freely his forgiveness, his grace, his love, regardless of what you've ever done. You cannot earn uh, what he's done for you. It's a free gift. He gave his life to buy it for you. What did you do with that? And listen to me, you're going to want to be able to say on that day, I received it. I I, I gave him my life in return. I surrendered. I asked him to be my Lord and my Savior. 
And you don't even have to be perfect for that to be the correct answer. In fact, you won't be perfect. You'll make mistakes along the way. And that's why the good news says that Jesus paid for all my sins, past, present, and in the future. And there's nothing I can do to earn it. That's why it's called the good news. Amen, somebody? And then the Lord's going to be like, right on. Come on in, right? Come on in. He probably won't say right on. He'll say something better than that, more godly than that. But if I were him, I'd be like, right on. Come on in, right? Now, then, there's a second judgment. I don't think that everybody knows about this one. This one is called the judgment seat of Christ. This one isn't about heaven and hell like the last one. Which, by the way, listen to me. The most important thing you'll ever do is be ready to give the right answer for that, 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 at that great white throne judgment. That when you heard the message of the gospel that Jesus loved you so much that he came and he died on a cross to pay for your sins and for mine and, and, and that he, he, he did what was impossible for you and I. He built a bridge by his own blood, by the shedding of his own blood. He built a bridge for us to get to God. We could never do that on our own, but because of his great love and mercy, he did this. And all we have to do is receive that. You, you want to make sure that you've done that. But then for those of us who have done that, that one's for everybody. This one... It's for people who did do that. And this is less judgment, by the way, and more reward. And the idea is, is the one where how you lived your life determines what, kind of, what, what heaven will be like for you. Jesus talked about this a lot. Paul talked about it a lot. It's all through the New Testament. Matter of fact, Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 5. Look at this with me, verse 10. He says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Corinthians, by the way, is written to save people to the church in Corinth, right? We're going to all, all the church people, we're going to stand before the Christ so that each of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body. So whether good or bad, this isn't, this isn't about heaven or hell. That's already been established. You're going to, you're saved. You're, you're, you're in right standing with God, but you're still going to stand before God to say, hey, what did you do with your life? Just as how Jesus said it in Matthew 16, verse 27, he says, For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. It's going to be like, ooh, you know, I don't, I don't know how it's going to look, right? But glory. And then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Now, let me make this plain for you. The Greek word here for reward means to pay you back. That's what it means. He's coming in his Father's glory, with the angels to pay you back according to the life that you lived. And let me break this down even further. Let me tell you what that means, because we have some folks here every week who go out in the hot, in the cold, in the rain, in the sun, and they show up to set up signs and cones and flags so that we can park in the parking lot orderly, because there aren't any lines out there, and it would be chaos if we let you park where you wanted to. Come on, somebody, <laughs> right? It would be cr crazy. Everybody would be wrecking on their way out, and the church would quit, and it would cease to exist if it weren't for them. And Jesus is saying to those people out there, I see you doing that every week and I'm coming back to reward you for that. Come on, somebody. Everybody who's ever volunteered uh, up at Kids Point or some other church where they volunteer telling little kids, hey, Jesus loves you and so do we and he has a plan for your life and he wants so much good for you and, and lift your head up high. It may be hard at school. It may be hard here, but, 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 but God loves you and he wants to do something amazing in your life. And Jesus says, I'm watching you do that and I'm coming back someday with rewards. 
right now you're like now you're talking my kind of language i love the reward does it have a card that you can slide every time you do that to build up rewards yes somehow it works right Jesus is watching you, those of you who show up at 6 in the morning to start the coffee going so the rest of us can wake up when we get here. He's watching those of you who get at 7 to turn things on and, and, and to rehearse. He's watching those of you who've given to causes to, to help others and to change the life and to get the gospel out. He's watching those of you who served on mission trips around the world. He's seen all that, and he's coming back to pay you back for that. Those of you who've served in the prison ministries, he saw you do that, and he's coming back with a reward. Anything you've done to serve others in the name of Jesus, he's going to come back and reward you for that. Jesus is watching, and I'm going to pay you back. And some are like, oh, no, man, heaven will be enough for that. And he's like, no, 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 listen to me. This is my show, and I'm going to make it rain on y'all. Come on, somebody. Like, I don't, I don't literally mean money, right? But, but maybe it is. I don't know what's going to be, right? He's going to make it rain. I want to reward you for the way that you lived your life. Again, Jesus used this as the main motivator for why we should orient our lives to serve and to help and to reach and to get the gospel out. It's the fact that one day, every person who believes in Jesus, who's trusted Jesus, is going to stand before him. And he's like, Jesus is like, hey, you listen to me. You're going to hear something like this come out of my mouth. What did you do with your life? That when we stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ, it, it's a reward encounter, and we're all going to get asked some variation of this question, what did you do with your life? What did you do with all the blessings, all the stuff, all the ideas, all the opportunities? What did you do with them? He, we, we read last week where Paul said, hey, he's going to enrich us in, in, in all sorts of ways, not just money, but he's going to enrich us in all sorts of ways. What did you do with that? And the best I can tell you is that you want to be able to say, you know what, Jesus... I wasn't perfect with it, but I, I tried my best with what you gave me to make a difference in this world, to make a difference in the lives of people, to make a difference in the lives of children. I, I used the gifts you gave me, the time, the talent, my know-how, my more than enough. I, Lord, I had to use a bunch of it to get my family going, and I did that, but the stuff that you gave me more than enough, I used it to make a difference in the world. Now, this is such an important concept that in the very last chapter of your Bible and mine, Revelation chapter 22. Here's what it says, verse 12. It's like final remarks. Verse 12. Look, Jesus says, I'm coming soon and my reward is with me. Like, I'm not even going to wait for you to get here. I'm bringing it down with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. This isn't about salvation. I want you to make sure you understand this. Because salvation cannot be earned. It's a free gift. This is about what we did with our lives. So this is a huge thing for us to consider. What I'm going to hear and what I'm going to experience in heaven will have everything to do with what I did with my life, with my more than enough. So how can I do a series called All That Matters and not tell you about this? It matters so much with what you do with your right now because we're all building a life, every one of us students, you're building a life right now. The decisions, the choices you make right now, they have an effect not only on your, your tomorrows, but on your eternity. Parents, leaders, all of us. And here's the thing about the life that we're living. At the end of it all, at the end, the life that we live gets tested. So it matters how you live. 
It matters how you build your life. It matters what you build your life around. It matters. Paul, I'm going to move on, but Paul gives us another place that's so, so important for us to read. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. He says, but each one of us should build with what? With care. You can't just live your life willy-nilly, just go with the flow. You should build your life with care. For, for nobody can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He's the foundation. That's what he's saying. He's writing this to save people. He said, listen, at the bottom of it, the firm foundation is Jesus on Christ, the solid rock I stand, right? That, that's, the, that's the notion. But he says, then you've got to build your life on top of that. Now, if anybody builds on this foundation using gold, silver, or costly stones, and these are metaphors, by the way, like, like with things that matter, he said, or wood or hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. The day is a capital D, and it's talking about this day that I've been talking to you about. This is that day. The day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, do you see why he's saying build with care? If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved because they're saved by the righteousness of Jesus Christ, not by their works. Even though only as one escaping through the flames. Now, too much to get into all of this, but a few takeaways. Number one, it matters how you build your life and what you build your life on and what you build your life around. No, notice the different types of materials, gold and silver and costly stones. That's one category. Right? Eternal things, things that survive the fire. And then the other category, wood, hay, or straw. Like, like I, I, I love a good house and a nice car and you know, nice things as much as the next guy. But just, just go home today. Don't actually do this. But go home today and set all that on fire and see if it survives. Don't really do it. Kids are like, he said I could burn my house down. Cops, I'm sorry. He told, the pastor said. I didn't, all right? I'm just telling you. Those of you who've been through, there's people in this church, that I, I, you, I, I know you, I know your story. Your house has been burned down before. Like it doesn't survive the fire. So uh, that's a metaphor though but for, listen, all the stuff that we think is so, so, so important doesn't actually survive through the fire of, of the end of our lives. We don't get to take it with us, right? That's the, that's the point. And, and this, this verse is deeply connected to the judgment seat of Christ to the day when we're asked, what did you do with the life I gave you? The gifts, the talents, the abilities, the skills, the know-how. The answer gets tested by fire. The, the Bible says that the fire is going to test this church that we've built, the missions dollars that we've sent out from here, the things that we did to serve the city, the campuses that we launched someday, the, the people that we've helped, that, that, that it's going to be a testing, a, a fire uh, that tests the work that we did. And the, and the fire will show if the work we did had value or not. Not, not just good deeds are what matters. It's is did, 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 when it gets evaluated, all the good deeds, all the good works, all the service projects that we did, here's how the work gets evaluated. Did it make an eternal difference? So, so in other words, it's got to show up there, up there. Now, I'm not telling you this to cause you to fear 
just to tell you the reality of why this matters so very much, everything we build our lives on or around gets tested in the end by fire. If we build it on our name and our fame and our stuff and me and mine and our things, does that survive a fire test? We have to think about this because this is the reality. And so it would not be good of me to have a series called All That Matters and not tell you about this. Like, oh, man, should have gone. If we hadn't heard this, we wouldn't be accountable to it. But you did. You are here, all right? Let, let, me, let me wrap this up by giving you some eternity principles. Just a few more minutes. First one, this is an eternity principle. First one is, this isn't all there is. What you see around you, what you're working so hard for, is not all it is. The Bible has this notion that, that we're pilgrims, that we're strangers. Some of the translations say we're aliens, we're just passing through. That we, we can't afford to think this existence is all there is and just sort of settle in and occupy and put everything that we have into this life. We have to see life through the lens of eternity. Don't build your life on just the things of this life because our final citizenship is in heaven and we're going to see Jesus there, the one who died for us on his cross. So this isn't all there is. Secondly, our time on earth is very short. In the biblical record, there's a lot of language around this. Most of you have heard of a guy named Moses. He wrote some of the Psalms that are in your Bible. Psalm 90 is one of the ones that he wrote, and he writes this brilliant idea. He says in verse 5, you sweep people away in the sleep of death. He's like, it's just a fact that we die someday. They're like the new grass of the morning. Though in the morning it springs up new, by evening it's dry and withered. That's just like us here. Like we have some grass, we watered it in the morning. By the afternoon it's 103, it's dead again. Come on, y'all. We spent like $4,000 this summer trying to keep it alive. Just let it die. Let it go. Let it go. Just put rocks in there and, and call it a day. Right? That's what we did. The, guy, the, guy, the guy's house that we bought, it has no grass at all. Still a lot of work, though, y'all. Come on, I'm just telling you. And, and then this brilliant and... This magnificent statement, verse 12. I, I want you to say this out loud with me, if you will. Put it on the screen. Say it with me. Teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know what he's saying? Help us to remember the end is coming. Help us to keep the end in mind. Help us to, to measure our days so that we can have a heart of wisdom. So that the heart of wisdom will help us to discern what matters up, up, up there and what doesn't matter so much after all. You know, the thing about it is, the reason why this is important is you will tend to squander, you and I will tend to squander what we have a lot of. I'll give you a perfect for instance. It's a terrible metaphor, but I'll give it into you anyways. Um, a few weeks ago, I discovered that my daughter, Noelle, has a giant bag of jelly bellies in her, um, her drawer, or drawer, 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 whatever that is. And I noticed that it's been there a while, so I started pilfering it from her, um, just like handsfuls at a time. Dad, stop. Leave those alone. But you've been sitting there too long. The, the Lord wants me to have these. <laughs> the tax man is coming. I'm taking some for me. And I would go out to my car and I had this little cubby hole on the side and I'd dump them in there and, and I would just be like, just nailing them one after another. Just chew. Pear. Oh, dear God, why'd they put that flavor in there? <laughs> Buttered popcorn. Come on, man. You know, but then I'll notice there's only like three left and I'm like, oh, it's getting real. I don't have any more. And so I'd be like, I'm just going to take my time with this one, right? Just like get all the, the sugary coating on the outside, just, just have it in there until it all melts away and there's just like a nougat or something in there of deliciousness. I told you it was a terrible analogy. Like, dude, we're talking about the end of our lives and you're giving me jelly bean talk. That's all I got, man. You, you get, 
as, as, the, as the number grows smaller, you take it more serious, right? And so Moses is like, I want you to notice that you don't have endless days. So you got to savor them. And you got to make them have impact. Because the third thing is, I have to make the most of every opportunity that I have. Because there's not very many of them. And see, the opportunities that come my way to make a difference in the hearts and the lives of people in my neighborhood, in my workplace, and in the world, on mission trips, wherever, they, they don't, they're not endless. And, and I, don't get to, I don't get to go to heaven someday and make up for what I didn't do here. And, and the words that he uses in the, in the Greek here in Ephesians chapter 5, I want to read this. Be very careful then, Paul says, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Remember, he says, build the, be very careful how you build your life. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And the word he uses here is the word kairos, not chronos, like, like time, like on your wristwatch, chronos, but kairos. And the idea is that, is that there's just this window of time, and it closes. You got a window of time with your kids to say the things that need, they need to hear so that they'll know you love them, so that you, they'll know you're proud of them, so they'll know that, that, that you're for them. You might bump heads with them a lot, but at the end of the day, you want them to know, I love you, kid. I'm proud of you, kid. I want you. You only have this window of time to tell the people that you love how much they mean to you. So many times we wait until after they're gone to say the things about them that we only had this small window of time to say. Kairos. It comes and it go- it's gone. So we've got to make the most of our time. Last one. There's really only one thing that matters, and that's eternity. When I boil all of the stuff down, it's about eternity. So, so in other words, if what I built my life on doesn't show up there, it's lost. As it turns out, it doesn't matter very much at all. So, so let me say it this way, and this is going to be bold, and some of you aren't going to like this, and some of you haven't liked half the things I've said, and that's okay. I, I have to say it. I have to say it. You've you got to go through life Eyes on heaven, not eyes on the world. You got to go through this life looking up, not just looking around, right? In, in other words, don't get enamored with your career or your job or your money or your house or your things or, or your hobbies or, or even your kids' bazillion activities that you think they have to have uh, to, to make a well-rounded life. Don't, don't get enamored with your vacations. Praise God for them. God said, we read in Timothy, he gave them to you as a gift to enjoy. Praise God for them. But do not get enamored by them. Do not fall in love with earthly things. Because earth, the Bible says, is going to pass away. And earth will mess you up. And earth will disappoint you. And and you'll discover that one day when you're standing before God, oh man, that really didn't matter as much as energy and time and thinking and talent I gave to it. So go through life looking up. Not looking around. And and to the person who would say, you know what, Danny, man, my life isn't really going great right now. It's not good at all. I'm, I'm having a rough time. I'd say the same thing to you. Don't go through life just staring, looking at your problems. Don't go through life just looking at all those disappointments. Don't go through life just looking at your failures because some glad morning, I used to sing this when I was a kid, when this life is over, I'm going to fly away because Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Come on, everybody. Jesus is coming. And so 
to the discouraged person. Lift up your head, man. I mean, literally, I want you to visualize this. Lift up your head because the Bible says your redemption draws nigh. It's coming soon. This isn't all there is. Hang in there. This isn't all there is. And I would say to everyone in this room today who calls this church your home, come on, guys, let's do this. Let's go out of this place. Let's be the kindest people on the face of the earth. Let's be the most grateful people for all the things that God has richly provided. Let's look for our opportunities to show love and compassion and kindness and service and good, good works. Let's tell our stories about how Jesus has saved our lives. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And I don't have to know it all. Just Jesus changed my life. Let's be rich in kindness, in love, and in good deeds, y'all. This fall, we're going into a, a fall season. Today's the day. You may not know this, but as a church, we turn the corner. And this is the time when we see the most people come to faith in Jesus. And I'm believing because of 21 days of prayer that you guys poured into this thing that we're going to see more people come to faith this fall than we ever have in, in all of our history. And the next three series, the next three series are going to be so much fun and so awesome for you to invite your friends to. I promise you, invite your friends to. But I want to just say right here, right now, it matters what we do with our opportunities. It matters what we do with our opportunities. So let's go out from this place, not just selfish, not just looking inward at all the stuff that's not right, but just looking for our opportunities to make a difference in this world because it's going to matter. All Not here, right now, but it's going to matter up there as well. Amen, somebody? Come on, Lord. Jesus, I pray right now for all these people, God. I know this message has been a little bit heavy. But I'm praying. This isn't one of the things that we just hear and go out and just keep going. But that we would reevaluate. We'd look at our checkbooks. And we would look at our, at our calendars. And we would look at our time and where we're spending it. We would look at the gifts that we have, the abilities, the talents that we have. And, and that we've been sort of just kind of keeping to ourselves or putting to work in our job. And we'd say, where, God, do you want me to put this to work? How do you want me to do this, Lord? That we'd be aware of the time, that life is short, that what we do now has to matter up there, Lord Jesus. Help us, help us to, to, to number our days aright, as Moses said. Help us do that, Lord. Help us to number that we, might, that we might gain a heart of wisdom. So I'm praying, Lord Jesus, for people right now in this room who would say, you know what, Danny, I, I don't think I'm ready for that first judgment. I don't, I don't think I'm ready to, 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 to answer the question of what I do with Jesus. But in light of his love, in light of his mercies, in light of what he did for us on the cross, in light of all that, I want to just say yes to you, Jesus. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be, um, I want to follow you, Lord. I want you to be the forgiver of my sins, Lord Jesus. I want you to, to make your home in me. I want to follow you. I want to be ready, Lord Jesus, for, for, for that day. And then for the rest of us, Lord, that we would be ready to give an account for our, the, the, the deeds done in the body, both good and bad, Lord. Help us. To, to, to take the time, the opportunities, and, and not waste them, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week, and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.